Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey friend, it's Denise here and welcome to our episode of Chill and Prosper where we're talking about what to do when you're really overwhelmed and everything sucks. Ah, that sucks, right? So you might be there right now. You might have had that experience recently. So, you know, we're going to talk about what to do when that happens and how to get out of it and also how to give yourself grace in that space as well when everything sucks and you're feeling really overwhelmed. Um, And I get variations of this question all the time. Sometimes it's like, you know, what do I do when all bills are coming in or my business isn't shifting or I just feel really down and and all of those things. And so, you know, um, I've been there heaps of times. You might not think that I have or you might think it only came at the start of my business. But I, I would say that for me and for most of the people I know who, are, who have success in business, it is just like kind of a normal thing that sometimes things suck. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you make, sometimes things suck. Um, it doesn't matter how successful or famous you are in business, sometimes things suck. And that's okay. It doesn't feel good, though, when you're in it. Um, the other thing, too, is... Um, Sometimes it's not that everything sucks, it's that you're in burnout and it's really hard to hear that. I hate hearing it myself and when I've been in burnout and it's been pointed out to me that I'm in burnout, I don't like hearing that at all or I'm like, okay, cool, so what's the pill, what's the magic pill you can give me to fix that or what can I do to get out of that, what 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 do I need to hustle to uh, overcome that as quickly as possible because I do not like it and that it's so hard because it takes time and sometimes we're in it and we don't have we don't feel like we've got the time to do it but that's when we need it the most really so I want to share something that is it's kind of personal and I didn't share it at the time but um, recently I had a VIP day with a small group of people and um, one of the questions was you know how was the pandemic for you like what what happened there and one of the reasons why I didn't share this was for so many reasons, but um, I'll just tell honestly. I feel like I'm, it's far enough now that I can talk about it. So at the start of the pandemic, I remember feeling this massive wave of fear, right? You know, remember it was like, you know, right at the start where no one knew what was going to happen. And I remember feeling this massive wave of fear of going, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to I'm going to lose, you know, I won't be able to afford to take care of all these people. I have to lose all my team. I'll have to do all the things. And and this is going to happen to all of my clients. And, you know, that's that's it for everyone. And, I mean, that's true and not true, right? But I really felt this fear and then I felt this massive responsibility to be the beacon of hope and light and positivity for people. And it was like when you're on a plane and there's a lot of turbulence and you're looking to the air hostess, right? And the air hostess is like, everything's fine. It's fine. It's just a little bit of turbulence. Everything's fine. And who knows what's going on behind the scenes for them. They might be freaking out. But their job is to keep calm and to keep the calm for everybody because panic can spread, 
right? And I was very, very aware of that. I was thinking sometimes things like recessions can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, things panic can spread, confidence Um, when confidence is low, it can become a self-fulfilling thing. So I just felt this massive responsibility to be the flight attendant. And I was like, guys, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. It's going to be so good. Don't even worry about it. Um, And because then I was that beacon, I did a ton of like podcast interviews about it. Um, And I do a lot anyway. I usually do, you know, on a normal year, I'll do like at least 100 a year. Um, sometimes more like 200. And so suddenly people are like, hey, will you be on my podcast and talk about this? Will you talk about this, you know, how it affects this industry and this industry and how people can feel confident and how people can keep their money mindset high and all of this kind of stuff, right? And so I was like, yes, yes, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. And so I just started doing that and I just pushed my own fear away. Just pushed it away. It'll be fine. And I didn't want to talk about it publicly. I didn't want to talk about it privately. I didn't want to talk about it with my friends because I was afraid of even saying it out loud, which is so weird, right? I would never judge anybody for voicing their fears about it, but I just felt this massive responsibility. Nope, I'll be the one. And um, I did this experiment where I said, hey guys, I'm going to buy, you know, $6,000. I started with five, but I ended up doing six. Um, You know, a couple of thousand dollars worth of courses. If you've got something to sell, put it in a link and I'll, I'll buy it. And because I, I wanted to show confidence, I was like, people are still buying, don't even worry about it. And I'm going to put my money where my mouth is here and do it. Um, also behind the scenes, there was lots of things happening with different projects that I was working on. So, you know, we had um, farm projects, I've got a farm, um, you know, family members that I help and support and all these kind of things. And I remember seeing their panic and fear too and I just I kind of had this realization I was like nope I'll be the one I will continue to make money so I can employ people um I just hired a bunch of people I'm like I don't care I will starve than firing these people who I just hired because they would be freaking out too and I was like nope we're going to continue doing projects at the farm we're going to continue doing um, things that I've committed to, you know, investments I've committed to, team members I've committed to, I will, I will do all of the things, right? And so, um, and I'm sharing this not to be like, oh, Denise, you're such a lucky bitch, because I want you to hear too that like sometimes things suck, but also how your personality shows up again and again. I am someone who is, feels overly responsible for people. And I was like, I want to make sure that everyone else is okay. But I didn't look at, okay, well, what do I need here? Because I felt so guilty about it, right? I was like, I've got money in the bank. I'm very privileged. I don't deserve to be fearful about this. And so therefore, I cannot burden anyone else with my problems. I cannot share this publicly. I cannot share how I'm feeling, even though it would have been really probably reassuring for people to hear. I just went straight into caretaker mode. I went straight into eldest child of a you know young single mother on welfare mode, uh, Virgo mode, miss fix it mode. I will fix it for everybody. Don't even worry about it, guys. Um, and that meant for some of my team members who were casual, I made them permanent so they didn't have to worry and not get paid when like literally they couldn't work, you know. Um, I made sure that all my... Um, you know, home team were okay, like, you know, paid bonuses here, there and everywhere. But also every time I left the house, I would spend money, I called it stimulus pickles. 
you know, I'd go to my local cafe and I'd see the lady there and she'd just be like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, well, let me buy. And I would just buy like, oh, you've got jam. You've got pickles for sale. You've got blah, blah, blah. Let me buy a meal subscription box from you. Let me buy, you know, three dozen donuts and you can donate them to the next people. I was just, which is great. I had the money to do it. But again, it just added to this feeling of like, I am responsible. I am responsible for this. Um, And again, why I'm sharing this too is that when everything is um, going badly and not feeling good, it's like, how are you making it worse? And I was making it worse by not sharing how I was feeling to anybody, not admitting how I was feeling to anybody, and also um, like feeling responsible for everyone else and feeling like I would, it would be like I would burden people. So I was just making it worse, right? I was just making it worse for myself. Um, and then I realized too how many of my um, crutches, I guess, like how many, like going and getting my hair done every week. That for me is mental health because otherwise I start to go, oh, I'll wash my hair tomorrow. Oh, I'll wash my hair tomorrow. Oh, I don't want to wash my hair. It's too much of a... And this was me as a kid with undiagnosed ADHD. I'd end up with big knots in my hair and then I just, I would feel really gross and... And it would just, because I wasn't leaving the house to go get my hair done every week, I was starting to become a bit hermity. And then Mark would be like, let's go for a walk. And I'd go, no, I can't. And I'd just sit on the couch. And then I'd like put makeup on to do a call and be like, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then I'd just be like, Ugh, I can't cope because I wasn't then going, well, what do I need here? So a lesson might be for you is that when everything's, um, bad and going wrong and um, feeling like everything's bad, it's like, well, what self-care do you need? What self-care do you need to um, like even just have the bandwidth to think about what's next and the bandwidth to realize that it's okay, you you can be taken care of. Um, so that's what that's what happened. And I think too, the other thing that happened in the pandemic, which very similar for a lot of women my age, is that um, perimenopause and undiagnosed ADHD all collided together with anxiety around normal anxiety that everyone had about the pandemic. And I felt like I was going crazy. I felt like I was um, letting everyone down and being a complete failure. And yeah. It was, re- it was really, really hard. So I feel, I even feel selfish taking up this whole segment of the podcast about this. Isn't that so funny? Because I feel like, you know, I'm very privileged. I, I, I shouldn't complain about it. Everyone else, you know, everyone was going through, the whole planet was going through stuff. Um, and what's that got to do with, if you're feeling really overwhelmed and everything sucks, but I hope that you um, learn something or even just feel a little bit less alone from the fact that I was experiencing a very similar thing. And, and like, I'm so much better now. Everything's much better. But I still have to watch it all the time that I'm not falling into old patterns of feeling overly responsible for people, not wanting to have awkward conversations, um, you know, not wanting to let people go, not focusing on what I need and what, what things that I need to feel okay. Um, and when you don't do those things, sometimes it just becomes become, becomes worse and worse and it just becomes even more overwhelming for you. All right, so um, how do we get out of this? 
you know, we've acknowledged maybe you need some help or you acknowledge that things are sucky. What, what next? What can you do when everything sucks and you're really overwhelmed? All right, well, let's talk about it. We'll take a quick break. I'll see you in a sec. Hi, everyone. My name is Odita Herman. I live in Romania and I'm a manifesting business coach and best-selling author. I help women entrepreneurs triple their monthly revenue using manifesting instead of complicated marketing or hustle. I'm all for raising vibration, ease, and abundance. I joined Money Bootcamp back in 2015 after dreaming of buying it for six months. Back then, I was just starting my coaching practice. I had tons of limiting beliefs about money and I had no idea how to manifest my dream life. Now, just two weeks ago, I had the CSK launch in 24 hours, making 10K months is my new normal, and I do it all working part-time. My biggest aha, or the thing that impacted me the most, was the incremental upgrades part. I understood that I can get there one step at a time, and that's how I have everything that I have now. Denise is my ultimate mentor. I love the ease that she teaches, I love her business model, I love the chillpreneur vibe, Because I modeled her, I got here. And for that, I'm forever grateful. Thank you for existing and creating this awesome community where I feel safe to share my successes and my struggles. I'm so inspired by all the other bees in the bootcamp who make millions each year and who opened the way for me to be able to do the same. It's a must course to buy. I cannot wait to be able to share that I'm also a chillpreneur millionaire. Thank you so, so much. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about what to do when you're really overwhelmed and stressed and everything sucks. Um, it's not a nice place to be. And so I really empathize with anyone going through it. So we've heard about gratitude lists, right? I love gratitude lists. It's so great. Um, it really can help you to reframe sometimes. Okay, you know, I've got um, clean air to breathe and I've got, you know, something and all those things, right? It's great. But I find that sometimes when you're in a real place of real suckiness, it can actually sometimes make you feel even more um, unworthy of support because you go, why aren't I happy? Like I've got a great partner. I've got healthy kids. Like, you know, everyone is alive. I should be grateful. And so it's like gaslighting yourself sometimes writing that gratitude list. I'm not saying not do it. I think it is a really great thing to do. But I also want you to write out an ingratitude list. An ingratitude list. What are some things that really suck? What are some things that you're not happy about? What are some things that you're really stressed about? What are things that you're, you know, that are keeping you awake at night? Write out an ingratitude list because this is the reality. And sometimes in the personal development world, um, we're kind of dissuaded from thinking like this. Because it's like, focus on the positive, focus on what you want. And it's like, yeah, but until you acknowledge what you don't want, um, then it can it can be really, really hard. Um, and this isn't an endorsement of medication. I don't want anyone, please don't email me about this at all. One of the things that I had to do to get back on an even keel is I went on antidepressants for the first time in my life. And it was such a hard decision because I would never judge anyone else. And I've had friends who've gone, you know, I've need antidepressants. And I've gone, yeah, that's cool. But for me, it felt like a massive failure. And it should have been something I could figure out myself. 
And I saw a post recently from someone saying, you know, don't resort to meds until you've done all of these things. Number one, make sure you're eating five to seven serves of fruit and vegetables every day. Make sure you're going for at least four walks a day, um, a week for at least 45 minutes. Make sure that you're drinking enough water and doing all these things, making sure you're getting at least eight hours of sleep. And I'm like, I could not leave the couch. Like I could not take a shower. I couldn't do any of those things. And so for me, like getting some actual like basic level help was a lifesaver for me. And I was like, I felt, I did feel like a failure. I felt like I was, you know, oh, I should be able to solve this with positive thinking and green juice and fresh air. And I actually couldn't. And it felt really hard to admit that um, to my doctor, to my my husband. I didn't tell any of my friends for a long time about it. Um, and now I realize too, when I had postpartum um, issues, I should have, I should have gone and seen my doctor and I ignored it. And sometimes you ignore things and ignore things until it's too late. So this isn't, an, as I said, it's not an endorsement of medication, but it's not, not an endorsement because if anyone else is listening and they're like, yeah, I actually probably could do with some antidepressants for a little bit, or I, I could use some ADHD meds or something, then I hope it helps you. I really do because I was such a perfectionist type A, um, no soldier on kind of person and getting that real basic help then helped me to go, oh, I can sleep, you know, like um, getting like, yeah, meds to help me sleep and getting um, like just I could, oh, wow, I can have a shower. <laughs> wow, I can wash my hair. Brilliant. Oh, now I can eat something. But I was just like a bit of a zombie, to be honest. And that's what sometimes when things are really sucky, it's like, I mean, I shouldn't have to justify it, but I know sometimes it does trigger people. And pl again, please don't email me about this because it's really, it's not cool. But um, sometimes when you're really, everything sucks, it's not you, it's your brain chemicals. It's not you. It's like you literally haven't had eight hours sleep for ages. And what what are the basic things that you need to be able to to do that? And that's where an ingratitude list can come in handy, right? Where you're like, this sucks. I cannot sleep. Or this sucks. I cannot eat. Or, you know, I'm severely um constipated <laughs> that helped too going to going and get a colonic or just like you know i need help in in some area and then you can then you can look at what can i do about some of these things because some of them you can't right and i hate when people are gaslit about that of going you know well the economy's really bad and whatever and it's like okay well there that there is that reality you know, and sometimes people's incomes are fixed and sometimes your energy is fixed. Maybe you have a chronic illness and people are just like, just love and light your way out of it. And you're like, no, I can't. Like I've got two hours a day that I could do with something. And so you've got to look at the reality sometimes. And that's where the ingratitude list, it can be really handy. Like just this is what it is with no judgment. Um, this is what really sucks. And I think it's great too if you've got someone in your life that doesn't gaslight you around stuff like that. He'll just say, yeah, that does suck. Wow, that's really hard. That really sucks. And um, like, I'm not necessarily a friend for some people. I am better at it now where I'd just be like, yeah, that sucks. I don't feel the need to fix things. But a couple of years ago, I probably was the friend that was like, no, babe, let's, let's write a list. 
you know, let's write a list of what we can do and hear, oh, read this book and do this course. And nowadays I think I'm just a much more empathetic friend just to go, wow, that really sucks. That's really hard. I'm really sorry. Um, you know, what can I do? Or let's just sit in the suckiness of it, right? And so that's what you can do if you've got a friend or, or your partner. You can just go, this sucks and it's really hard. Um, and then you can figure out what you can do about some of those things. I actually think sometimes decluttering and re- re- releasing things, like being able to say to people, hey, I can't, I can't make that commitment anymore or I can't do this thing anymore, that's going to really help because sometimes it's just, you know, the overwhelming thing of all the complication. Um, if it's in your business and you're just like, I can't deal with that client anymore, you know, maybe it's like I'm going to give you a refund you know, I'm really sorry, we're going to come to an end. Or um, a supplier or a team member where you just go like, I just can't do it anymore. You know, and sometimes that hurts. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it costs you money to get out of contracts. Sometimes it costs you money to make people redundant or to finish out a contract and do it in a, you know, in integrity way. But it feels relief. It feels like relief to be able to let go of things and sometimes just to admit like yeah I just can't I can't pull it out I can't suck it up I just can't do it and it's never as bad as we think it's going to be just to say can't do it and that, that's it it's hard mostly just for if you're a type a person right because you're just like I can and I could and I could suck it up and I could make it happen but I'm choosing not to do it so you could look at um, your commitments your projects the things on your list and, and see where you can um, renegotiate timeframes, say no to things, end things. Um, and some some of those endings will be messy. Some of them will be okay. Sometimes it's like negotiating with your clients and saying, hey, look, look, can we put a pause on something and come back because I won't be able to deliver it on that time frame. And who knows, sometimes on the other side of it, people are like, oh, thank God. And sometimes they're like, no, I really need it. You know, say you've got three or four clients and they all need stuff. You can just say, hey, look, I'm just looking to see if any of our clients can just push things a little bit. Um, you know, no pressure, but I just wanted to reach out to see if you wanted to do that. And some might be like, yeah, oh, thank God. Yes, I need to do it. You know, and just to give yourself some breathing space to do it. Now, but what about if you really need the money? And this can be really hard, again, if you're just like, God, well, everything sucks, but hey, I've got to keep on I've got to keep on doing it. That's when you you can really, really declutter and go, okay, what subscription stone I need at the moment? Where are the money leaks? Um, and give yourself some bandwidth, I think, to be able to make that decision. I've seen a lot of people take on um, part-time or full-time jobs at the moment because they're like, I just can't deal with the uncertainty of the economy. Um, I've like stopped some commitments. Like, for example, um, and it cost me a ton of money, so much money to get out of these things. But um, last year, I had some travel commitments. I had some speaking engagements. I had some things. And I had to just say, I actually cannot deal with the uncertainty of travel right now. Because it's when you're in Australia and you have to fly to America or Europe, it's like a two-day journey. And it's like $10,000 to fly, Right business class because of course I can't fly economy but um and then I was like I I literally cannot deal with the uncertainty that I might not be able to fly because I've got COVID or because the flight's been delayed or because you know my luggage hasn't turned up and I just went I can't deal with the uncertainty so I um 
cancelled events. I uh, gave back money, um, and it was yeah. I I um there was heaps of mastermind trips I was supposed to go on that you know no, there's no refunds, and it was a really tough decision. But I needed it for my mental health. I needed it because I needed certainty, and I didn't want to spend nights going you know, thinking about, oh, my God, in six months' time, is COVID still going to be here? Oh, the flight's still going to happen. What about the turbulence? You know, like, because things were so uncertain. It's uncertain. And so if you need certainty because the uncertainty of something is stressing you out, how can you create that certainty? You know, how can you – and maybe it is a job. Maybe it is shutting things down. Maybe it is renegotiating commitments to give yourself bandwidth, to give yourself some spaciousness – and I, th- I find that people are sympath- sympathetic to that and some people aren't and that's okay, but at least then you don't have to worry about it as much anymore. All right, so um, I've got one final thought for you um, at the end of this. So don't go away and sorry if it's been a bit of a Debbie Downer and I shouldn't have to apologize, but I just, I know for myself it was, like, it was really hard to um, talk about these kind of things because I feel like I don't want to burden other people and I'm really privileged but, you know, I need to remind myself that, you know, I'm a person too and I matter too and hopefully it's given you some permission for yourself. All right, don't go away. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Denise Michelle, located in Los Angeles, California, and I am a life purpose coach, RTT hypnotherapist, and self-love expert. And I have read two of Denise's books, Chillpreneur and Get Rich Lucky Bitch, and I have the app. And I will say all three of those have really helped me up-level in my business in observing my limiting beliefs and removing blocks and learning how to keep track of money. And it has been amazing. My business is now thriving and I am so grateful because this year, this is a year that I am going to have a quantum leap in my business. And these tools have truly helped me uh, change my money mindset and become and feel more secure with money and Denise really taught me that money can be easy it can be fun and I would say that I have really adopted the less is more totally chillaxing relaxed entrepreneur lifestyle I want to do what I want to do how I want to do it and Denise really helped giving gave me permission to do that thanks Denise one of the things that really helped me when I was in that really down period, is that I called Hay House for something and I got the switchboard. And the switchboard is an automated recording of Louise Hay. And she's like, hi, you know, welcome to Hay House. I'm Louise Hay. Press one for this. Press two for this. It was so cute. Um, But at the end, she was, you know, like, well, you know, otherwise have a lovely day and remember, all is well. And it just made me want to cry so much because, you know, I think my grandmother died when I was 25. My mum's not a very motherly kind of protector energy. And so many times I feel like I'm just like, you know, I'm responsible. I am the one. No one takes care of me. You know, I, I take care of everyone else. And to hear her beautiful grandmotherly voice just sort of saying, you are loved, all is well. I really, really needed that. I needed that so much. And um, I found too that then seeking out places where I could be taking 
care of. Uh, where it's even if it's just going for a massage and not feeling the need to speak to the person or, you know, getting my hair done again or just things that were just for me where I didn't feel like I needed to reciprocate, you know, and if that's if that's something that you need to, it's like allow people to take care of you. Saying yes when someone says, hey, oh, it's my turn to buy coffee. You go, thank you, I received that. It's a big lesson and it was a really big lesson for me. So um, if you haven't listened to Louise Hay before or recently, pull out some of her old videos or her recordings and allow that beautiful grandmotherly energy to support you and love you and all is well. All is well. I'm sending you love and I will see you on next week's episode of Chill and Prosper. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.